What's going on, everyone? We have another episode of Game Time Excellence, where we talk about your mission, mindset, mastery, and maintenance. Today, we have a special guest. Like I'm talking about really special. Um, she has accomplished a lot in her life. Uh, she is an attorney, accountant, uh, co-owner of Paulson Tax, one of the nation's largest firms, and, and she has three children, and... She doesn't know anything about football, which is okay. <laughs> <laughs> and she has a quote that that I truly believe in myself. Uh, it's she she's a firm believer in a no excuse attitude. You know, a lot of times we self sabotage our lives, and I believe if you have no excuses and you hold yourself accountable, you can accomplish anything you put your mind to. And so today we have Rachel Pappy. For the people that don't know who you are, that should know who you are, Rachel. Uh, can you tell them a little bit more about you? Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on, Shmiel. This is so exciting. I love your podcast. I've already watched the episodes you've posted, and I feel really strongly about the message that you're getting out and the information that you're getting out. And just to everybody, but especially uh, as I post online, I really care about um, especially athletes knowing about uh, business and understanding finance and understanding how to maximize their potential. Um, so I'm not an athlete. I am not proud of the fact I didn't pay attention to football growing up. I'm not proud of that at all. <laughs> I am a through and through fan of the NBA, always have been. I grew up in outside of Detroit with mm -hmm. Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars. Uh, Dennis Rodman was on our team. Mm -hmm. um, I... Uh, and I just, I love basketball. So I just, that's been my focus. <laughs> and, right, and we have a lot of great teams that I could focus on. Um, but I've been in Oklahoma for the last 15 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, praise God, the Thunder came to Oklahoma. <laughs> but oh, yeah, we got a basketball I, team now. I have learned uh, enough. Uh, no, I haven't learned anything about football since I've been here. <laughs> I have learned that uh, I've been to some football games now, and I have learned that the thing that's fun about going to a game isn't mm -hmm. watching the people on the field or on the court. As I've now learned, I've been to more NBA games than I can count. I've been to less than five football games. And it's because when I go to a game, I don't know anything. I don't know the rules. I don't know the, um, I don't know why they need to stop. I don't know how many points they get for scoring. Right. I mean, it's just like pathetic how little I know. And I realized that exactly who I am as a business person, loving the strategy is exactly mm -hmm. why I love sports. I love the strategy. I love yeah. watching it and saying, they shouldn't have done that. Why did they right. do that? And they should do this. And they've got this much time. When I watch a football game, I'm like, so what can you do in 30 seconds? <laughs> I know what you could do in basketball. Right. But I don't know about, I don't know what options you've got. Right, <laughs> <the right>. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, that's hilarious. And, um, you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm gonna go ahead and say it anyway. You can like, you know, beat me up later. But uh, you were telling me off air uh, before we began recording that, you know, when you were younger, you know, you would uh, you had a basketball goal in, in front of your house and you would shoot, you know, hoping uh, a scout or someone would recruit you to come play some basketball. <laughs> you were hoping for the WNBA. So, you know, tell us about that. You've always been competitive, huh? Yeah, yes, I've always been competitive. I, uh, I mean, competitive at everything from like Scrabble to Monopoly to I was a bad sport when I was a kid until my older brother said people don't like it when you win and just cheer 
in, right. incessantly about how you won. Mm -hmm. uh, so I stopped doing that. But when I was growing up, we had a basketball hoop in the driveway. I don't even remember. I don't think the WNBA existed when I was a kid. But I, I swore I was going to be in the NBA. I mean, I, there were no women in the NBA, but I was going to be one. And so I was always in the driveway, you know, trying every three-pointer I could, going mm. further and further out. And I would measure myself on the door and my height. Right. And I, you know, eight to nine, I had this huge growth spurt. And I'm like, yes. Right. Even though my parents are like five two and five three, I just right. I was gonna be science right, and right. <laughs> make it. And I uh, at at twelve I was five two. At twelve and a half I was five two. Mm -hmm. At thirteen I was five two. At thirteen and a half I was five two. And on my fourteenth birthday, this is a true story. On my fourteenth birthday, I measured myself on my door in my bedroom and signed my name and my brother wrote next to it i was five two mm -hmm. i'm gonna take this chance to wish you the best of the luck <laughs> best of luck in the nba right <laughs> oh. he knew i was just kind of like this is it's done right, it's done right. i got i got no shot so you, <laughs> i'm not monthly bugs no we, we call your brother you know we call your brother a hater we, it, it, that's what, <laughs> he was he was hating during that period of time well he was he knew every day I was out there and every day I swore somebody was just going to drive by. Like I was going to be that story. Someone's going to drive by the house. They were going to scout me on my driveway and right. then that, and then the rest was going to be history. So. Right, right, right. So, you know, I feel like that was like a defining moment for you to, <laughs> uh, you know, give up uh, uh, sports, I guess, and, you know, focus on, you know, you know, business and or focus on uh, focus your energy in another avenue. And so, you know, defining moments happen to us, you know, all over the place, you know, from family to um, business to, to different types of areas. So is there another defining moment in your life that, you know, got you to where you are now? Yeah, I would say, um, I mean, that was, it's a hilarious story, but my mm -hmm. defining moment actually came about when I was 12, mm -hmm. when my whole family had gone to New York for a prayer meeting and we had gone there because my dad wanted to see someone off before they moved out of the country. And while we were at that prayer meeting, my dad actually fainted just out of nowhere. He had driven us from Michigan to New York and uh, on Saturday, he just fainted. And it was at a person's house. It was at a family friend's house. They took him to a back bedroom. And when he was in that bedroom, me, my mom, my brother and sister, we all went to the bedroom and he asked me to pray for him. Mm -hmm. So I was 12 years old and I just I prayed that right. God would heal him. And he uh, fell into a coma mm -hmm. An ambulance took him to the hospital and uh, was in a coma and passed away. Right. And it, I mean, you can only imagine as a 12 year old, right. how that rocked me mentally, just mm -hmm. well, that's not supposed to happen. And right, exactly. It, and it, yeah, out of nowhere. So I really was just faced with this in my mind divide of does God answer prayers? Is he even real? Does he hate me? Mm -hmm. Or am I supposed to trust him even now? Mm -hmm. Am I supposed to trust him in all circumstances, believe he's got a plan and a purpose. Right. And my job isn't to know everything, but my job is to be the best me, maximize my potential every single day and mm -hmm. trust God. And right. 
between those two options, I chose to trust him. And it's uh, really every single day drives me that there's got to be a plan and a purpose. And I'm going to maximize who I am today. I always think there's someone out there who's better than me. I mm. never think I'm the smartest, I'm the fastest, I'm the this and that. I always think there's someone better. Mm. And I always am competing with myself to be better than myself than yesterday, to be right, better right. today than yesterday. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I love that, that mentality right there because you know, once you get once you get caught up in competing with, you know, other people instead of competing with yourself, you begin to compare and comparison, you know, will, will kill you if you continue to do it long enough. And I had a, a, a similar, not similar defining moment, but, uh, you know, I lost my mom to cancer uh, a couple years ago. And, um, you know, you know, we prayed and we were, you know, we did, I was reading, you know, Bible verses to her doing all that and she still passed away. And, uh, I found a poem like when I, right before I was going to speak at a funeral and I was digging through some drawers, digging through some drawers. And I finally found the poem and the poem, I'm not gonna read the whole poem, but basically the poem was basically saying, don't grieve for me for now I'm free. Uh, and I'm following the path God laid for me and took a hit, took his hand when I heard him call all that right there. And I was like, man, you know, maybe this was, I don't like to say maybe it was supposed to happen, but everything's okay. You know, I feel like my mom was speaking to me saying like, everything's going to be okay. And so what I got from that moment is, uh, I need to maximize time because time is something we can't get back. It's a resource that, you know, is always fleeing away. And so we need to grab it and make sure we're not self-sabotaging ourselves and not doing what God has called us to do. Um, yeah, and absolutely. So, yeah. And so for, you know, I hear you say that, you know, competing with yourself, you know, maximizing your potential, you know, even though you're, you're five two, you know, maximize everything you have. And so, yeah. you know, what was, how did you figure out your, your mission going on, uh, going along the way and maximizing everything you had and getting to, to where you are now? Yeah. Well, I would say, uh, so, you know, what I just described is was probably the spark that made me mentally tough. Mm. I think that it is important to be mentally tough, that life is gonna throw stuff at you. And mm. you know, people always talk about life is how you respond to it. I think that's so important. I think that um, there's so many seeds that can uh, chip at your toughness or chip and drive you, steer you in the wrong direction. And those things are um, just being self-centered or looking at being, thinking what's in my best interest and uh, feeling bitter about things or angry about things. I think all of those things, and I'm not like some new age, life is great and I'm living on a cloud, but I really strongly try to always be focused on find ways that I can help other people. I feel mm -hmm. like uh, always having an outward focus mm -hmm. and maxing myself to be able to help other people. I mean, right now we've got the coronavirus happening right. across, and it's a pandemic across mm -hmm. the nation. It's something we've never seen in this country. We've never experienced. Our economy is taking a hit like never before. Right. And in this moment when everybody is sort of suspended and stuck and not knowing where their next dollar is coming from, I'm a lawyer, mm -hmm. I'm an accountant and mm -hmm. I help business owners. So for me, I was my number one, the number one cry in my heart is how can I help? How right. can I get in this fight? How can I help? How can I run into the battle? Mm -hmm. Well, okay. There's laws being passed. Mm -hmm. I'm a lawyer. I can read laws. Let me figure mm -hmm. out what's out there to help people. And mm -hmm. let me, and I started making videos 
from home. Right. <laughs> um, here's what the law says. Here's what's available for you. You don't have to use me, but here's mm-hmm. what it is. And I want to break it down for you. And it's one, two, three, four, five. This, this is how you go about it. And here's right. what you need to know. Here's what I'm going to warn you about. So I feel like that opportunity is always there to always see how can I use what I've got? How can I use mm-hmm. my resources? How can I use my strengths and my talents? to bless other people. Mm-hmm. And when you're maximizing what you've got, I mean, other mm-hmm. people want it. They want right. what you've got to mm-hmm. offer. And it actually does um, return itself in abundance. Right, right, right. And, and, you know, I hear you say that. And I, I, it's, no, it's no surprise, you know, where you are now because, uh, you know, I didn't mention this earlier, but, you know, you won. Uh, let me, I got to look down my paper. Most outstanding young lawyer, uh, I don't know what year that was, but I'm not that young anymore, right? <laughs> <laughs> but no, no. First of all, uh, what's that saying? You know, uh, uh, black don't crack, <laughs> beige don't fade, or something like that. And uh, you know, you, you look great. But thank you. I'll take um, it. <laughs> so um, you know, so you went along your journey. You you know you you uh, um, you're from. Michigan, and you went to what school did you go to? I went to Wayne State in Detroit. Okay, and then and then I started my master's in Florida in Tampa. Okay, and about halfway through doing my master's and uh, and uh, working towards getting my CPA, mm-hmm. I decided to become a tax lawyer instead. Mm-hmm. And part of that is I was working as an accountant at that time, and um, my dad had always been a business owner before he passed away. And I just working with business owners, I realized how um the government and the system is really stacked against uh business owners and Mm. i just wanted to be on the side helping them so that's what i do now i get to help business owners help self-employed people and uh use the laws and relief available to help them wow okay that's awesome so that's kind of how so your your dad it sounds like he was a, a a very strong piece into what you're doing now and uh, that's part of your mission is to to help business owners. And then you see it as an opportunity to, I saw your videos and uh, as far as, you know, the laws, I can't remember the laws off the top of my head. It was the P- <laughs> PPPL and the, uh, dang it, don't tell me, don't tell E-I-D-L. me. E-I-D-L. E-I-D-L, you told me. E-I-D-L. <laughs> and I saw that. And uh, I thought it was, uh, you know, amazing because uh, me being uh, uh, a sole proprietor, uh, I need I needed to hear that because if I don't, you know, I'm missing out on resources that I could use. And so, um, you know, your mission is to help businesses out. And so, you know, I would love to you love for you to go into some of the laws that people could uh, be using right now to help them out in their business. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So there has been three different pieces of legislation that's been passed due mm-hmm. to the coronavirus. So the first bill, I'm not going to talk about it all because it was related to healthcare okay. and pouring billions of dollars into research and funding and vaccinations and trying to uh, dissect this antibody and the blood and all of that. So mm-hmm. we're not worried about that. Okay. I'm focused on the business owners and the two pieces that came out to help them. So the first was the Families First Act. It was the second coronavirus bill, and it had a piece to it that was trying to um, help with this concept of flattening the curve. And mm-hmm. I think everyone understands this now, but the whole concept of flattening the curve is to slow the spread of the infection on the thought that we're all going to get some level of infection in our communities at some point. Mm-hmm. But if we can slow that spread, flatten that curve, then we won't exceed our 
hospital capacities or a healthcare capacity, and then less people would die as a mm. result. And not just from the coronavirus, but if our hospitals are maxed out and someone has a heart attack, they're just going to die. Right, right. Or, you know, whatever other emergencies are happening, we're, we have the capacity to be able to sustain mm -hmm. as a nation. Well, the problem that we had from a business and an economic perspective is people were still living their lives. Right. I mean, you can say pandemic all you want and be careful. This is a highly contagious virus. Right. But people are just still going out, going to stores, going, you know, everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. The gym, wherever they're, whatever happens in their life, they're going there. And so at, even after concerts were canceled, uh, sp sporting events were canceled, yeah. schools were canceled, how do we get businesses to, to let their, their employees stay home? Mm -hmm. how, do, how, how do we mandate that? Mm -hmm. And so in the Families First Act, the government said any business that has less than 500 employees, which is basically the majority of small businesses in America, right. less than 500 employees, you have to add 10 paid days off or 80 hours of paid time off to your current policy. Mm -hmm. And you've got to pay your employees at their current rate, at their regular rate, Plus, you have to add 12 weeks of mandated FMLA, 10 of which is going to be paid at two-thirds of their rate. Mm -hmm. And so on top of whatever your regular, regular policy is, and all of these employees get to stay home for any coronavirus-related reasons, which wow. can include their kids' school being closed. Oh, wow. That's big. Yeah, it was yeah. huge. It was huge. And honestly, when it was being debated, I was shocked to think that this could pass. And so now you're going to put this burden in an economy that's already suffering mm -hmm. and you're going to have all these business owners now mandated to right. pay employees to stay home. Mm -hmm. And how are they supposed to do that when they don't even have income coming in as it is? Right. I mean, you've got a coffee shop with 12 employees and now you're, they're, they're supposed to pay them to stay mm -hmm. home and pay them for 80 hours to stay right, home right. and then another 10 weeks. I mean, how is that going to happen? They, the coffee shop doesn't have any money. Mm -hmm. So as soon as that bill was passed in March, we saw tons of businesses lay off millions of employees. I mean, everyone's reporting mm. on how unemployment has is at historic highs. Right. Uh, it's unprecedented, the unemployment we have in the nation. Mm. And I mean, I know a business owner who closed all the restaurants he had in the state, in mm. multiple states, because he there's no way he's going to be able to pay all these people to stay home. Right. The, obviously, the purpose of that was to say we got to get people to stay home mm -hmm. how do we get how do we get the employees to self-select themselves to stay home when they are going to work because they need to feed their families right so the goal was to get people to stay home require the business owners to step in to pay mm -hmm. and then the business owner said we don't have the money we're right. firing them mm -hmm. or we're shutting our business down or whatever the, it may be okay well that went into effect on april 1st and that families first act also had some payroll tax credits associated with it that uh, you're, everyone that watches this needs to know about because you can get reimbursement or mm -hmm. claim the wages that you paid under the Families First Act mm -hmm. and maybe get that money back. Mm -hmm. um, but that's a separate piece. The more important piece that I want to talk about is the EIDL loan that you referred mm -hmm. to that I did yep. jump in and say the acronym for, sorry. <laughs> EIDL stands for Economic Injury Disaster Loan, okay. E-I-D-L, and it's through the SBA. It's always existed, or as the SBA was providing it before this. They've just changed the rules for it due to mm -hmm. the COVID-19 pandemic that we're experiencing now. Mm -hmm. And so now you don't have to prove that you can't get credit elsewhere. You, you can have credit lines elsewhere. You can get other loans. 
you don't have to personally guarantee this. You don't have to secure the loan with collateral. Mm. Um, the repayment term is uh, interest rate of 3.75 for businesses, 2.75 for nonprofits. Uh, you can repay it over up to 30 years. You can defer payments for a year and then start making payments. You can right. also pay it off early and um, not have any prepayment penalties or fees. Mm. You also could get uh, up to $10,000 in an emergency cash grant that could be oh, forgiven. Wow. And so that's been a huge piece, particularly for people who just need money right now and mm -hmm. they're trying to figure out how to pay their payroll and how to cover their expenses and really don't are out of options. So this is a great option to get you some cash now. Mm -hmm. uh, the maximum loan amount that is available through the EIDL is $2 million. Okay. So you your business can get up to $2 million um, in all the terms that I just said. And, uh, and even if you get approved, you don't have to accept that money. So you could just apply. I would recommend you apply just to get approved to be able to have it. Mm -hmm. um, and there was one more thing I wanted to mention about the EIDL, the disbursements. That's what I wanted to talk mm -hmm. about. The SBA just changed in the last week or so that they're only providing initial disbursements of these loans uh, at a rate of $15,000. And that may be a lot of money to somebody who maybe has an employee or two, but to mm -hmm. someone uh, that has 100 employees, right. $15,000 isn't going to go very far if their payroll right. is $600,000. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I say that as a caution. These initial disbursements of these loans are $15,000. And the reason for that, that the SBA has been reporting or has been reported is um, there's such a high demand for these loans for mm -hmm. both of the loans uh, at unprecedented levels for good reason mm -hmm. that there is very real concern the money's going to run out even though it's been they've been allocated billions of dollars right. we have at least 32.5 million businesses registered businesses in America and this can go to any DBA any sole prop any mm -hmm. independent contractor that may not even be a registered business so Mm -hmm. everyone's applying for these loans they're worried the money's going to run out and they're trying to get some funding on the back end and in the meantime handing out these fifteen thousand dollar disbursements to the people who are getting approved mm. that's the one loan did you get all that no i got all that i'm gonna I'm I'm go the good thing about this is i'm gonna go back and listen to it again i'm gonna take all the notes so people if you're <laughs> listening right now and you feel like you use drink out of a fire hose that is fine <laughs> You know, go back and listen to it again and take some notes. You know, it's, it's just like playing football. Study the film. You got to watch it over yes. and over and over again. So uh, keep on going. This is great information. Yeah, this is just like football. This is um, all in my head. And just like I said, with watching a football game, when you mm -hmm. don't know the rules, you don't even know what you're watching. I mean, right. you don't. Right. And for me, I can, I'm, I'm not reading this off anything because I know all the rules. Right. I, I'm helping clients strategize on all this and there's a reason I know all the rules. I need mm -hmm. to know all these rules because they're interwoven and they're, frankly, there's traps in these that can prevent you from getting forgiveness, mm. which is why I have it all right up here. Right, right. <laughs> um, the PPPL loan. Okay. Ready to talk about the PPPL? Yeah. Okay. What's the PP, PPPL stand for? I knew the, the acronym, but I just didn't know exactly what it stood for. So uh, what does it stand for? Okay. So we have the PPP stands for Paycheck Protection Program Loan. Okay. So PPP is Paycheck Protection Program and the L is the loan. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was created in the CARES Act. 
and it's available now. So uh, business owners were able to start getting it um, two weeks ago on Friday. And then last Friday, April 10th, it opened mm -hmm. up to self-employed individuals like independent contractors and uh, sole proprietors and DBAs. So now everybody is available to go and get the PPPL. Mm -hmm. And the difference from with the PPPL versus the EIDL is the EIDL is through SBA, through the mm -hmm. SBA, mm -hmm. while the PPPL is through private lenders. Okay. Now, private lenders are saying, hey, just come to us. Um, we'll be able to get you the loan. The problem that we're finding, and the reason a lot of clients are uh, hiring us is mm -hmm. we're not charging to assist with the PPPL. L application. Mm -hmm. we're, we're helping people get this payroll together and this analysis together that they need to be able to apply for the loan. But it's the back end that I want to describe that is what is tripping people up and that a lot of people have questions about. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to talk about the PPPL loan, what PPPL, what it is, what mm -hmm. the terms are, and kind of just kind of compare it and contrast it with the EIDL. So you can get both doesn't matter what your business structure is. Mm -hmm. If you're a sole proprietor, independent contractor, an S corp, whatever it is, if you've got mm -hmm. less than 500 employees or, and there's a caveat for the food industry, but uh, the hospitality industry, but if you've got less than 500 employees, you can get both of these loans. You can get mm -hmm. approved for both. You can get funding from both. And then you just have to make sure one of the rules is you cannot spend both of the loans on the same thing, mm -hmm. or you're going to lose the forgiveness on the PPPL. Mm. Uh, the See, PPP they, little traps yeah. right there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so many traps. I just made a video about five warnings I have about these two loans. If you get them and what to be careful about, because mm. it's, I, I think it's important. Everyone maximize the relief that's available. I, I don't think that the government's trying to trip people up. They, mm. There's a reason why they are, they, they wrote it like this. I mean, mm. the paycheck protection program is called that because they're trying to get money to business owners to be able to, pay the payroll for employees who they mm -hmm. would otherwise lay off because they don't have the money. I mean, right, what's that right. coffee shop supposed to do, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How are they supposed to pay those people? Right. Um, so you get this money, it's calculated based on your payroll times 2.5 and you get to roll some other expenses in there. Payroll costs times 2.5, that's your loan amount. Or if you don't have payroll, mm -hmm. if you're self-employed, for example, uh, so you're the only person that works for your company, you get to use your net earnings over the last 12 months, the prior mm. 12 months, net earnings times 12, sorry, total net earnings over the last mm. 12 months divided by 12. Mm -hmm. And then that gets you your average monthly net earnings. And you take your average monthly net earnings and times it by 2.5. Okay. It's really the same calculation as uh, business owners with payroll. You mm -hmm. take payroll costs and some other expenses over the last year divided by 12, and then you multiply that by 2.5. And the difference is if you don't have payroll, what do you do as a self-employed sole proprietor, for example? Right, right. So you take your net earnings. Now here's what you need to know. You take those net earnings, you get this loan amount, mm -hmm. and your net earnings has to be below $100,000. Same with payroll, you can only include payroll below $100,000 and you prorate other costs. Mm -hmm. When you pay, when you get your funds, here's another trap. Mm -hmm. You have to spend at least 75% of the funds on payroll or your earnings right. in the eight weeks after you get the money. Right. 
at least 75% has to be spent on that in the eight weeks after you get the money or you will reduce or lose the forgiveness you're entitled to. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So you need to make sure you're using that money right. And mm-hmm. then there are some other allowable expenses you can spend the rest of the money on. And those, if you don't use that money on the allowable expenses in the bill, and it's things that you're, you probably have expenses for rent and utilities and other interest debt obligations you had entered into before February, 2020. And so certain things like that health insurance premiums right, right. Um, that you can spend the rest of the loan money on. And if you spend it on all these allowed things that are in the law, this law, these laws are my best friends right now. Mm-hmm. If you spend it on these allowable things, mm-hmm. then you can get forgiveness on the total loan, which is oh, amazing. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. The loan amount, the max loan, the EID loan, EID loan was $2 million. The PPP loan is $10 million of a max. It's based on this calculation, whereas the EID was based on uh, your credit score and your need. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a different way that it's calculated right other difference is the interest rate for the eid was 3.75 or 2.75 for nonprofits. Mm-hmm. for the ppp loan the interest rate is one percent okay yeah i was about to ask about that i was about to ask like what's the difference between uh the eids the eidl and the pppl uh as far as the interest rate uh because you know you talked about deferring um your loan payment and depending on the interest rate you know that could either that could make you or break you uh, so, um, I'm glad you touched the, on that though. The interest rate is a, it's a big difference, but the repayment terms are significantly different, which is, uh, probably the next thing I want to talk about. And that mm-hmm. is, even though the interest rate is higher with the EIDL, you get mm-hmm. six months to defer it. I'm sorry. You get one year to defer the payment and then you get to repay it over up to 30 years. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the PPPL, the interest rate's only 1%, but you can only defer the payments for six months then you must make interest only payments and you have to pay the whole thing back. That's not forgiven within 24 months, the entire thing. So if you're at the high end of that and you got $10 million and you also didn't spend the money right and you're not forgiven, you've got to pay $10 million back in 24 months and you have 1% interest that accrued on that. So that's not chump change here. Uh, And you got to pay it back fast. So there's pros and cons to both. Um, like I said, you can't spend it on duplicative purposes. Mm-hmm. Also, if you took those payroll tax credits that I had referenced earlier, you're going to lose or reduce the forgiveness on your uh, PPP loan. Um, and uh, gosh, there's one more thing I wanted to mention. I can't think of what it was. The lenders, the lenders right now are not getting together all the paperwork that you need mm-hmm. to be able to help you on the front end with completing the application or making sure on the back end. Uh, that you're spending this money right. And that's the piece I wanted to make sure everyone understands is um, I had mentioned we're not charging for getting this application or assisting with the application for the PPPL loan. Also, you should know the lenders aren't charging you either. It's the government that's paying the lenders and the agents. We would be considered an agent. And um, yeah, and to assist with the PPP loan. Mm. It's the front end stuff that you need done and the back end stuff that you need done that I think everyone should understand. It's more important. It's, it's, it's not as straightforward as your normal mortgage loan that you would apply for Mm. uh, at a bank. You know, those types of loans that you may have applied for in the past, the lender created it themselves. So they've got this streamlined process and here's exactly how it's going to happen. Here's what we need. This is totally different. This was thrown on them from the government. Uh, the lenders themselves are trying to throw together how they're supposed to go about this. Um, Wells Fargo last 
weeks that we we took we got as many apps as we're allowed to based on our cap which was 10 billion dollars and since then the federal government lifted the cap on wells fargo and said okay we'll give you some leniency and you can and that was due to some other that they, they had that cap for other reasons mm-hmm. but the the demand is really high and there's talk about new legislation that might be coming out and the mm-hmm. reason is is because everyone can already see even though this stimulus was 2.2 trillion dollars and the largest stimulus that has ever been created this is not a problem like any other hit to our economy we've ever seen where it's like this is just hitting the housing industry and tripling out from there this is everyone everywhere Mm -hmm. so do you have okay so what are some um as i'm listening to you talk about it you know i'm like okay i'm putting myself in the shoes because you know i'm a like i said i'm a uh, business owner, I'm a sole proprietor, and but if someone has, you know, say this lasts for you know six months, seven months, or whatever, but right now someone is, you know, they don't need it. Uh, what would you recommend, you know, them do? But they might need it, you know, six months from now, seven months from now. Uh, what would yeah, you recommend? Yeah, no, do? that's such a good question. I, you know, the problem with this loan that I, um, so I have been in. Uh, contact with our congressmen, both them contacting to say, hey, uh, what you said about the stimulus check, maybe we could talk about that. I'm not, I'm not, there's a lot of things wrong with this bill. There's Mm -hmm. things that we're trying to help maybe address or clarify. And you may have seen reporting, there's stuff coming out every single day. Here's the new guidance on this. And here's the new guidance on this. Here's the new guidance on this. It's constantly changing. I feel like every day, the government's saying in three more weeks, people will get their stimulus check. And the next mm-hmm. day I wake up and it's in three more weeks, they're going to get the stimulus check. Right, right. But uh, if somebody right now doesn't need a loan, mm-hmm. my very real concern, and it's already proven a little bit by the SBA slowing the roll on these disbursements of the loans themselves, mm-hmm. is the money is going to run out. Mm-hmm. I initially had calculated, hey, if every business got $2 million, dollars from the SBA, it's only, it's not even 1% of the businesses in America. And if every wow. business got $10 million from the PPPL, I mean, that's a thousand businesses and you're out of money based on right. what's been dropped into these buckets by the legislation that's passed. Granted, everyone's not going to get $10 million and everyone's not going to get uh, $2 million, but mm-hmm. even at some more reasonable calculations out of 50000 and $100,000 per business, let's say, uh, on average, and you know, we just got a client funded who did qualify for over half a million dollars, and mm-hmm. uh, another business that was over a quarter of a million dollars. So, mm-hmm. there, you know, there's going to be the high and low end of this all across the country. We have a very real concern the money's going to run out, and I right. think because uh, the funding's being from the SBA being sort of initially being rolled out at $15,000 now, we think Mm. that they think the same thing. And Mm. it's why they're trying to get money, more money from the government. Mm. It's why the government themselves, congressmen themselves, congressmen and women themselves are trying to uh, piece together how to put more money in these buckets. And so if you don't need the money right now, I would be very concerned that right now it's an unknown date on when this Mm. is going to end, when life is going to go back to normal. Mm -hmm. And how much of a cash runway do you have? Right, right. Okay. So, so you should think about, you know, that point right there, how much of a cash runway do you have? And if it doesn't, uh, if you don't have a cash runway where you can last, you know, one year, two years, three years, you should, you should probably think about uh, getting one of these loans. Um, would you agree with that? Or 
Yeah, I would say get it now. I mm-hmm. mean, just following through on that logic. If you've got them, if you have money in reserve, mm-hmm. well, get these loans now. Use mm-hmm. them for the purposes they're intended for. Use a, I mean, if you use it according to the law, you can get forgiveness on the uh, PPPL loan, and you're just paying in one percent interest. And if mm-hmm. you don't even, uh, if you can just pay off the one percent interest, it's not going to compound over twenty four months. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the EIDL loan. Same thing. You could get up to $10,000 of forgiveness on the EIDL loan. And if you just got that money and then got mm-hmm. it forgiven, I mean, you yeah. just held on to the cash that you have right now in reserve. Right, right. No, that makes so much sense. Uh, and so, uh, you know, f- as far as this information, you know, uh, if you're not, I mean, I guess if you're not watching the news or anything like that, uh, you know, where do you, where do you gather this information at? Um, I'm, I always have been a news information junkie. Okay. I just as a profession, I feel like I have to stay on top of yeah, no, the sure. news and legislation. I uh, I don't have any one source. I I, w- I would say uh, choose reliable sources. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, I think um, I so af- right after this, I'm going to be interviewed by NBC today. Mm-hmm. And one thing I would encourage you is that reporting is reporting, but it's and I think that they are doing a fantastic job of staying as current as possible mm-hmm. on the law. Right. Um, but what you shouldn't feed into a lot is uh, personal accounts or anecdotes like, oh, this person already got their stimulus check. Well, how did they already get it? Mm-hmm. Well, nobody's okay. actually gotten stimulus checks. Some banks are um, advancing the money and some people are, you know, sort of like these, you know, cash advances. Right, right. So it's um, rely on reliable sources mm-hmm. and as best as possible, try to get breakdowns of bills as soon as they do pass. And, mm-hmm. and one thing I, I recognize I have to do all the time is stay ahead, stay on top of what's being debated, mm-hmm. but I don't get too into the weeds on memorizing what's being debated mm-hmm. because frankly, in the climate, political climate we're in, it all gets scratched. Yeah. And the bills, if you've ever looked at them, they've got margins this big. And I think mm-hmm. it's cause they all just make it up before right, they right. vote and yeah. <laughs> in the columns. Right, right. Um, uh, stay abreast of it. Uh, don't feed into, you know, personal anecdotes of this is what it is and rely on reliable sources. Uh, and, and, and know what the law is after it passes. That's more important than whatever's reported before it passes. Mm -hmm. You know, a good example is a few weeks ago before the CARES Act passed, there was a lot of reporting on what it included and it changed. Well, actually before it passed the house and it changed right up till it passed. Mm. And uh, then there was reporting about what might change before it uh, became law and nothing really changed. So. Right, right, right. No, I, um, it's an interesting time that we're in, you know, uh, as far as, you know, being able to, as a businessman, as an athlete, just as an individual in general, you know, being able to uh, have mental toughness, one, two, uh, being able to pivot and be flexible with what's going on because things are always changing every moment. Um, and so uh, with that being said, one, I want to I say this, do you have anything else you want to touch on with uh, the, the, as far as laws and, and taxes that, that people could be you know, taking advantage of? 
Well, I would say, I mean, there is just so much with these laws, but I would mm -hmm. say, I think you just, you made a great point. I think mental toughness is so important right now. Mm -hmm. I think that the most important ingredient that everybody needs to have, everybody, I mean, if you're an employee or if you're a business owner, if you're self-employed, everybody needs to have hope. You know, mm -hmm. my theme has been stay home, stay hopeful, mm -hmm. because the thing that our economy needs more than dollars, when this is all said and done, we're going to need the dollars, which they're trying to push it out. Right. But our economy runs on this house of cards of hope. Mm -hmm. and everyone needs to not feel beat down and like this is the end of the world right now and mm -hmm. just stay home stay hopeful um not to sound cliche about mm -hmm. it but that's going to be the most important ingredient of all and it's right. something that no bill is going to be able to create right 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 no i definitely agree with that because uh you know i think there's uh i'm not don't quote me on this but this is just my opinion uh, i think there's probably like a spike in uh, people's mental health, like going down, uh, because yeah. you know, not being able to do the normal routine, not being able to uh, be around the community, and uh, and when you feel there's an insecurity within your home and your your finances, you know, uh, that causes you know a mental breakdown. So yeah. exactly what you said, being the state mental toughness, hopeful, uh, and shoot. Try to get some sun, though. I will say this. Just stay away from people. Try to get some sun if, if, you, if you are staying at home. Because me and my daughter, you know, we've been, uh, we've been riding her scooter and I've been walking and praying and things like that. And so, you know, that's been good because as a parent, you know, I have uh, so much more respect for, you know, I go, I go around, do motivational speaking at uh, schools, colleges, businesses. But now I have so much more respect for the teacher because my daughter doesn't listen to me, you know, I, uh, she's just, she wants to eat when she wants to eat. You know, I ask her, you know, does she want uh, grapes? She says, no. I ask her, does she want cereal? She says, no. I'm like, what do you want? You know, she doesn't tell me. So I just don't know what to do during this period of time. Uh, so I have respect for all the teachers and I'm pretty sure you're going through that same thing. So how are you dealing with the balance of, you know, keeping the businesses uh, knowledgeable? And, and, and helping them out with all the resources that are uh, available and taking care of your three children. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I'm definitely not doing it alone. We have about 120 employees right. uh, in multiple states. So it's not a one man show for mm -hmm. me, thank goodness. And I think that's, uh, you know, it's interesting because in this journey of building this business, it's uh, so it's myself and my business partner, Rod Polston. And uh, when I first joined him, he had a receptionist, um, an accountant, and a case manager, and an intern. So three right. employees. Okay. And uh, so now to have so many people that we can rely on, I can tell you every step of that way. Um, we've done, we've worn every hat. Mm -hmm. every step of that way from cleaning the bathroom in our part, in our office mm -hmm. to, um, whatever it needed to happen, answering the phone and scheduling appointments and mm -hmm. meeting with clients to business operations. And, uh, even now still right now, what we're doing is every single morning, every single manager, we have about 13 managers. They're all on a phone call every morning. We talk about everything that's changed from the day before. That's probably mm -hmm. the most difficult part about this area of the law right now is that every single day it's, there has been a new guideline or there, and it's not just, uh, you know, something could happen late uh, on a Friday. Mm. Uh, and so we're scrambling over the weekend trying to figure it out. But every morning at 8 a.m., we're all on a call 
going over everything that's changed from the day before, what our clients are finding, what we're hearing from the lenders, what we're hearing from the government, what we're hearing from the SBA. We're all in conversations all day long, either with business owners or agencies and mm -hmm. um, getting everybody up to date on what we need to know for that day and to help clients. And then, and then we're just going out and uh, also all trying to work remotely and mm -hmm. lots of people like myself, I have three kids at home mm -hmm. that I'm trying to, uh, homeschool. Um, right, right. And so it's juggling all that. I'm not going to pretend I'm doing the homeschooling well. <laughs> I'm definitely not going to pretend that. Right, right. Uh, praise God. I have some smart kids, so mm -hmm. I'm not too worried about right, them. Right. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's a whole new world. And right. the, the good thing is I think everybody has a lot of grace for everybody mm -hmm. right now, mm -hmm. which we need it. Um, but I also think that you put out there, what you think is possible and you know just like i said earlier we ran into this battle to try to help business owners and mm -hmm. we actually are busier now than maybe any time that we've ever been and mm -hmm. it's because I, we're staying on the forefront of how to help people and i, and right. I really want to help people i think mm -hmm. i we have I've always wanted to help business owners and now mm -hmm. more than ever i'm seeing businesses on the verge of collapse that were humming along right. just a few months ago mm -hmm. and it's it's devastating businesses homes communities i i know plenty of people personally who've been laid off from their jobs from huge employers and so right. if i can do something to help right now mm -hmm. I, that is the best way that's but that that gives me what i feel like is balance just being able to help that's my priority right right so you know serving uh and I, I think that's one of the best ways you know i, I have this like the beginning of all my speeches, I talk about two things. I talk about having an attitude of gratitude and I talk about giving. And I think giving is one of the most selfish things you can do and one of the most uh, unselfish things you can do. Selfish because when you give, you know, it makes you feel good inside. And then when you <laughs> also, when you give, man, you have the opportunity to change somebody's world. And so, yeah. uh, you know, if you're in a, a hopeless state, you know, I, I would encourage anyone to figure out a way they can serve and give to others during this period of time. Um, yeah. And so uh, another thing you said that, that caught my attention is, you know, have grace for yourself because, you know, maybe you're not doing the best at homeschooling and, and that's okay. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not talking about you, but I'm talking about like other yeah, people out no. there in the world. Uh, but have grace for yourself. And you got to feed them. You got to feed them too. You do have to feed them. I mean, maybe, you, I mean, you just give them water and some crackers. They'll be good to go. Um, I'm joking. So, you know, uh, don't call any uh, services on me. Um, <laughs> So how long is recess? I'm like, that's how, how long can I extend recess? You know, recess over here is about, uh, it's about two to three hours. You know, I turn yeah. on a movie, we go outside. So I extend <laughs> that pretty long. Um, but, um, as far as, you know, uh, your business, you know, uh, you have 120 employees and, um, I look at, I think a lot of um, business translate. I think a lot of sports translates over to business. And so, you know, I've been a part of some winning teams. I've been a part of some losing teams. Um, and I think there are some, some key principles within a winning team that translates over to uh, business. You know, I think about, you know, env the environment you create. I think about like having empathy. I think about uh, competition. I think about the energy you bring into the building, all that type of stuff um, correlates to building a winning team. So in your personal opinion, what, is your opinion on building a winning team? Yeah, no, good question. Uh, so my business partner and I, we really uh, 
we both love sports. He mm -hmm. loves football. I love basketball. And we actually do think that uh, the best people have some level of inner drive the mm -hmm. best people the best people i should say who are the best fit for our team that's really what i mean mm -hmm. they have some level of they have a high level of inner drive mm -hmm. and uh there's only so much you can do pushing from behind uh the best fits with our team just take it upon themselves to push themselves to maximize themselves to see mm -hmm. each day as a new opportunity and a new challenge and mm -hmm. Sometimes that means, sometimes it's easy to identify because they used to be athletes. And so mm -hmm. we can say, oh, okay, that person, you know, was a high school basketball player, high school football player, or college, whatever. And, mm -hmm. and we can identify that pretty easily because to play, especially at higher levels, you have to have a lot of inner drive and mm -hmm. be self-motivated. And mm -hmm. it's every meal, every day, every practice, every right. decision that is going to affect you. We find that translates directly into business. And I told mm -hmm. you about my days playing basketball on the driveway. I never became an athlete, unfortunately. But I think that the same uh, thought is true in that I have a great deal of inner competitiveness. I'm mm -hmm. competitive in everything. And mm -hmm. that competition, for me, I channel it into being competitive with myself. Mm -hmm. And so that just makes me want to be better every day, which makes your organization better every day. And it's right. this um, balance because you can only, you know, when you've got, okay, we'll talk about a pro football team. When you've got mm -hmm. a pro football team, you can push them because there's a great reward that mm -hmm. is ahead of them. If, if, if you just, just about break them, mm -hmm. I can't do that with accountants and attorneys and case managers and mm -hmm. I can't break them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They'll go find right, another right. job. Right. So the reward has to match. And so it's, it's frankly just better if we find people who recognize that their life is not about being pushed. Mm -hmm. It's about pushing themselves. It's mm -hmm. about um, having that inner drive to be the best version of themselves every day. Mm -hmm. Okay. No, I love that. And um, I mean, you see that from the, uh, exactly what you're saying. You see that from the Patriots organization. They don't always get the most talented people, but they get the people who fit uh, their team. And know high character individuals people who can add a ton of value things like that and so that's kind of what i hear from you is uh you know finding people who fit your organization is so key to building a winning organization uh yeah. as a leader um what is one of the ways what are one of the ways you uh try to inspire i'm not i don't want to say motivate but inspire um people to reach that that next level yeah I would say just as a leader, I mean, it's a, it's a, a lot of different things. One, as leaders, we try to lead as being, by being servants. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have a foundation called the Servant Heart, Rod Pulson Servant Heart Foundation. Mm -hmm. And we don't, we say this over and over in a lot of different capacities. There's never any job that's higher or lower than any other job at our firm. There's mm -hmm. no responsibility that's higher or lower mm -hmm. than any other task at any organization in our opinion i mm -hmm. a story that i always think about is i have an uncle in florida who worked for a car dealership and the owner of the car dealership saw my uncle pick up some trash off the ground and go walk over and throw it in the trash can and he got a promotion the same day oh, just wow. for picking up some trash and walking it over to the trash can and it, it was because the owner saw that and said that's that's the kind of person i want and mm -hmm. that probably translates best to our organization too there's no job that's beneath anybody. There's no job that's higher or lower. And, and we say this, we emphasize this with all sincerity. 
I also want to maximize everybody on our team to be the best version of themselves, not just to stay with us, mm -hmm. but even if our firm is a catapult for them to their next greatest thing, I would rather be that catapult than mm -hmm. have uh, employees who are mediocre, who aren't fast runners, who aren't mm -hmm. pushing themselves, that are apathetic at our organization. Mm -hmm. And right. those individuals we found self-select themselves out because maybe they're not a fast runner and they don't want to be with us because mm -hmm. We expect people to be fast runners. Right, right. Uh, and so we embody that by being servant leaders ourselves and mm -hmm. also pushing ourselves all the time. Myself and my business partner, we push ourselves every single day. Mm -hmm. um, and we also lead by showing nothing is ever about us. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, we get, you get so many opportunities. I think right now during this pandemic, mm -hmm employees are able to see their employers for who they are and how they're treating them. Mm. I think you, in your business, you get so many opportunities to see your business owners mm -hmm. for who they are by the choices that they make. And, and for that very reason, what's happening right now in our country is heartbreaking because mm -hmm. sometimes you can have all the heart in the world, mm -hmm. all the heart in the world and want to take care of your employees. Mm -hmm. And the money is just not there. Right, and you just right. have to make a financial, logical decision. And right. usually when I'm helping business owners uh, who are in a financial crisis, I can tell you this to give you some hope. Mm -hmm. I'm finding that most of my business owners who are in a financial crisis got there because they cared too much about their employees mm -hmm. and didn't want to make those tough choices right, when right. when the money just wasn't there. Right. No, that's... that's um... You know, that's like really good to hear, you know, because uh, if you hear it, if you hear the, if you watch the news, um, you know, unemployment rates are at an all-time high. And so in your mind, your mind automatically goes to the most negative thing possible. So you're automatically thinking, how dare all these business owners lay off their employees? People have families, yeah. people have mouths to feed, they have rent to pay. How dare you? You know, but so, you know, to hear that other side of it is actually um, good to hear. I mean, it doesn't change the, you know, what's going on, the climate, but um, to know that um, people's hearts are in the right places uh, is always good. Um, and so to, to kind of flip the script a little bit, um, maintenance, you know, uh, I've seen Tom Brady play for a long, long time. Uh, and same thing with NBA players, you know, they, they, you see LeBron, he's playing for 20 years, you know, he's has, he has the the hair transplant and all that type of stuff. Not talking about his hair, but uh, I love LeBron James. Please do <laughs> be part of this. I love LeBron James too, but you know, I just I'm just saying I, I need to get some myself because I have like some I have the McDonald's edge up going on right now. But in order to play that long, you have to take care of yourself. You have to um, take care of yourself mentally, emotionally, uh, spiritually, physically. All those things right there, you have to take care of yourself. And you have to make an investment. And so what are some of the ways you have been able to, one, take care of yourself physically, two, take care of yourself emotionally or mentally, and then the last one, spiritually. How have you been able to do that for yourself with everything that's going on? Yeah. Well, that's a good question. I, uh, I'm not going to pretend like I have the greatest balance that I've mm -hmm. ever had because right now is not when I've had the greatest balance of juggling all the balls in the air. Mm -hmm. But I think I've got some fundamentals that always ring true. For one, I, uh, for me, uh, 
seeing my identity and God is more mm. important than anything else. And mm. I'm always just trying to make sure I'm aligned with what I think he wants of me. And I do that by, I, I try as best as possible to read the Bible in the morning mm -hmm. and spend some time um, just not thinking about myself and thinking about what, just reading about, you know, if you read the Bible, it's, mm -hmm. it's usually stories about other people's lives and mistakes mm -hmm. they've made or mm -hmm. ways they've gone wrong. And, um, and just kind of putting myself in those stories mm -hmm. and thinking through like the mistakes of history and mm -hmm. getting out of whatever's happening in 2020 and right. think, and especially because life just repeats itself. So right. what can we learn whether you think the Bible's real or not, what can we learn from these stories that right. historians will say, this is, this is a factual book. This mm -hmm. is, this is history. Mm -hmm. And then I do this, try to do the same thing at night. And that for me, those two things are definitely a reset in the morning and at night. And then in the day, I mean, besides reading the law, mm -hmm. I love podcasts. I love mm -hmm. watching YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. I love, I soak up information. I, um, I, 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 you can't dog on LeBron because I like his, what he's doing online with trying to get information out and trying right, to right. Um, educate the public. And yeah. I, and I love that. I eat all that. I mean, I just absorb all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. I think it's so, I think we always all have to be learning. I don't mm -hmm. think that there's a point. Uh, I started putting on, um, healthcare. Like if I would go to the hospital or something, mm -hmm. you know, where are you employed? I put student because mm -hmm. I had learned in health in, uh, the formula, the algorithm and healthcare was basically based on your ability to pay. Mm -hmm. And I figured student of life uh, yeah, makes right. a lot less than attorney. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm a student um, of life right. on anything <laughs> that is going to use my uh, profession to calculate how much my, my bill should be. Right. But, uh, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That's I think it's true though. You need to be a student always right. for the rest of your life. Uh, yeah. uh, hopefully I never stop learning. And, uh, and then physically, I mean, it just goes back to me always being competitive with myself. There's mm -hmm. always going to be someone, uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not at any, uh, athlete level and keep, mm -hmm. keep taking care of myself. But I feel like every choice every day does add up and mm -hmm. I just feel better about myself. And I feel like I'm able to think better, be better, be better mm -hmm. for my kids, be better for my clients when, right. I uh, have energy, which I mm -hmm. think is all fueled by what I'm choosing to eat. And mm -hmm. for me, I can say I sleep better and think better when I just have some kind of cardio or just feel right, right. better about myself. Yeah, no, I love that you do that because, um, you know, what I've noticed, you know, after leaving the, the athlete world or the NFL world, athlete world, same thing, yeah. So after I leave that world, I realized that, in the business, uh, business world, nonprofit, just everyone that's not an athlete, I realized that one, uh, I, po I posted about this the other day, they don't train their mind, you know, so they don't have any mental toughness, you know, when things happen. And as an athlete, you're kind of put through the fire. You put through the fire of running 20 stadiums until your legs burn. You're, you're put through the fire of um, getting your spot taken. So it's like um, things like that that are happening at an everyday basis that, and you can kind of put yourself through these same things as a, I don't like saying regular individual, but as a non-athlete, I think that's a better way to say it. Um, and so to build your, your mentality. And then the, note, the next thing I notice is um, as far as like physically, you know, people like, you know, they stop taking care of themselves after high school, college, but 
you you hit this right on the right on the head right here is people are depending on you. You know, you have employees depending on you. You have your family depending on you. Shoot, your God is depending on you to do to take care of yourself, so he so you can accomplish um, his plan and every, the mission for your life. And then lastly oh. is what you got. Oh no, I was gonna say I think uh, I think it's a really easy choice to not take care of yourself. Oh, and yes. the reason is, is because in a lot of ways, it just feels really selfish. You know, when you stop to go to the gym, it feels like, oh man, that's time I could have spent with working on this. Oh, that's time mm. I could have gotten this done. Oh, I should have, I needed to, you know, I could have worked with my client. I could have looked at this longer. I could have spent time with my kids. Mm. And so in every time you take time out for yourself, I think so many people don't because it just feels so selfish when they consider all the other priorities uh, that are on them. But I, and I, I'll say that was my own struggle. I had to get over that hurdle and stop seeing it as something where I was being selfish by mm -hmm. taking some time for myself and just start viewing it as not time for myself, mm -hmm. but something I had to do to take care of other people and right. take care of my clients. My clients need me to sleep well. My clients need me to feel good. My clients need me to be healthy. Right. You know, if I've got a heart attack at 45 years old, good is that going to do anybody? So it, I, once I started seeing it as something I was doing for other people, it became easier for me to get over that guilt hurdle of, mm -hmm. especially when I'm, I'm an attorney, I'm sitting all day, I'm reading law and I'm sitting at a computer. I mean, right. there's very nothing funny. more sedentary than that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, for sure. And, and it's all about your belief system. You know, just, just like what you said, you know, once you change your belief system behind working out uh you switched it and so um you know that, that that leads me to you know this right here um one before i go right there uh is there anything that um you have a passion for outside of uh pulse and tax outside of what you do right now is there any uh other um businesses that you enjoy doing or fun things yeah well Oh, okay, so outside of Polston, mm -hmm. outside of the NBA, yeah. <laughs> outside of my kids, uh -huh. um, maybe my kids should have come first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, no, I love writing. Mm -hmm. I find a lot of people find this really uh, funny, but I, especially because I speak so much. I, mm -hmm. I've done over 400 speaking engagements in mm -hmm. the last six years. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I do news segments constantly and I speak to groups constantly. But I actually am more of a natural introvert in that mm -hmm. I love processing my thoughts in writing. Mm -hmm. And I love, love writing. And I could write on any. I, I, there's so many things kind of boiling up here about right, right. oh i should write something about this i should write something about this and i should write something about this um and the reason i make videos instead of write things is that the reality in the era we're in right now is that people want five minutes or less in a video yeah. to get some content rather than some novel about the problems with the economy of america right <laughs> so, right right yeah uh, yeah. You, should, you should write a blog. You, I don't know if you haven't started a blog or anything like that, but you, uh, you should do a blog or something. Um, I would <laughs> yeah, maybe it. I will. Because, <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm the same way. I enjoy, you know, uh, writing as well. But just like what you said, people enjoy the, 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 the two-minute entertaining video, the five-minute entertaining video, or the, the quick um, information piece that they can take, with, take away and then go about their day. Uh, yeah. or they love like driving and listening. You know, a lot of people don't sit down and, and read these days. Yeah. Um, 
I'm one of those. A lot of audible books. (laughs) (laughs) See, for me though, with audible books, um, this is kind of off topic, but with audible books, I can't retain the information as well as I have to read it, soak it up, underline, take some notes, all that stuff right there. So are you able to soak up the, the information? Honestly, it just, it's sort of one of those necessary evils. I, uh, I don't have the time to stop and read anymore. I just don't give myself the grace, I guess, to get to stop and read. And I do want to read books. You know, if some book comes out and I really want to read it, I've got drive time that Mm -hmm. I could download an audible book and listen to the content. Mm -hmm. And I love it, especially when the author will read the book themselves, because then you kind of get those emotions that they intended when they were writing it but right, yeah no right. i love a hardcover book uh i would say the last time I, the only time i ever actually read is on a plane mm-hmm. but then you'll always have the person next to you who's like hey where are you going right, where right, are you right. from no that's true <laughs> uh, uh, uh that's me i'm that person that's uh hey how are you <laughs> which it's fine, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> no but i feel like at some point but i've been on the other end too where you know i want to go to sleep and the person's like talking to me so i'm giving them I give them good feedback, and then at some point, I start, you know, becoming dry with my answers so I can go to sleep, you know? Uh, I do this weird thing where if I have an early flight at, like, 6 o'clock in the morning, I will stay up all night until my flight because I'm afraid. I'm deathly afraid of missing my flight in the morning, so I just I just oh stay up. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, I, I have a great... Uh, you. Uh, yeah, definitely, probably, hopefully once in a lifetime story. I went to India in November to work with some nonprofits there. Mm-hmm. And on my flight back, I kid, I was so exhausted. Mm-hmm. It's a time change and all of it. And oh, I was yeah. messed up on the time change. I'm dead asleep on the plane. And I kid you not, the guy next to me starts tapping me. Mm-hmm. And then I wake up and I'm like, yeah. And he's like, so... Are you no from way. wherever we were flying to? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's some courage, though. That that takes a level of boldness to do that to to, <laughs> to tap someone you have no idea, like you don't know where they're from, who they are, anything <laughs> like that, and you tap them and wake them up. Uh, yeah, he must have been bored. <laughs> you should have slapped them. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. He had the middle seat. Uh-huh. I had. I mean, planes. Talking about being five two, the one place that I'm like, this was made for me is an airplane. I don't know how anybody else can fit. I'm like comfortably like stretched yeah. out in an yeah. airplane seat. Yeah, no, I, I always try to. This is you gave a little trick with the healthcare about you know writing student. Um, this is my trick. If you ever fly Southwest and you don't check in in time, um, just go up to the to the counter and say you need to get on a, a what's the a priority or whatever. Um, and they'll ask you like, is there anything wrong? And every time I say my, my knees hurt. And so, uh, I have <laughs> knee, I do have like knee problems from like playing in football, but you know, I say that every time. So they let me go on first and I get the, get the first row with all the leg. Rows. Oh, there you go. Easy comfort. Little hacks, <laughs> hacks of life right there. Um, yeah. and so, uh, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier. I don't know how, how much time do you have? I don't want to like take up. Uh, any more. I have, um, what time is it? Let's see. Now you have to do it. Let me just actually let me jump over to this and just text the TV station really quickly. There we go. See, ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to edit this out because I want you to know I'm talking with a celebrity right now, and I feel very honored <laughs> at this moment. You know, uh, I don't know about that, but um, so uh, as she's doing that, you know, um, I really want you guys to um, 
as you're listening to this, please, you know, take time to take some notes because there's a lot of valuable information in here uh, from the standpoint of, um, you know, maybe you run a business and uh, you don't understand some of the laws, you don't understand some of the things that are being passed right now. Um, you can you can listen to this and contact uh, Paulston and, you know, they will help you out. Uh, from my understanding right now, don't, don't quote me on this, my understanding right now, um, they will help you um, fill the information out for free. Um, is, is that correct? Can you say yes or no on that one? That is right. We yes. are, sorry about that. I was supposed to, yes, I was supposed to do an interview with uh, the NBC station here. So I just mm -hmm. want to let them know. I am wanted to make sure everyone gets mm -hmm. this information. And um, we are already helping clients with the EID loans, uh -huh. the PPP loans, the payroll tax credits. There's two different payroll tax credits and everything to do with the COVID-19 economic relief that is available. Mm -hmm. Everything to do with business owners and strategy and how you're supposed to use this money. Even if you've already gotten the funding, mm -hmm. like I said before, part of, in my opinion, the most important piece isn't necessarily just getting the money. Mm -hmm. People are getting the money. It's making sure you're doing all the right things after you get the money so that mm -hmm. you get forgiven on the loan amount that you got. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. Yeah. And. Uh... So, uh, you know, making sure you, you making sure you do the right thing when you do get the money, that, that's an important piece. And, uh, you know, I kind of wanted to hit uh, on two more questions and then that's it. Uh, Cause you know, we spent a long time talking. I know, you know, like I, like I said, everybody, I'm talking to a celebrity right now. This is a, an awesome. No, question. no, <laughs> um, not, not even close. Not yeah. even close. <laughs> so, so we we're talking off uh, before we started to record about athletes, you know, and I think, you know, um, not only is it important for business leaders and business owners uh, to maximize uh, their abilities and maximize their potential and be game time excellent, uh, have a mission, have the mindset, maintenance, mastery, all that type of stuff. But I think it's the same thing for athletes. Um, and one of that piece is uh, not only on the, 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 in the, in the arena, but outside the arena. So um, can you touch on that as far as, you know, athletes taking care of the money and uh, finances, yeah. learning the tax, all that? No, I would love to talk about that. And that is something we got to talk about before the podcast started. It's mm -hmm. one reason I was really excited to join this podcast. And it's something I have cared about I probably as long as I have followed the NBA. And then mm -hmm. since then, just thought about more and more athletes. I know I messaged you even before this and said, man, you know, pro athletes right now, I mean, not like anybody's crying a river for pro athletes right, right now, but with all these seasons canceled and the entire leagues canceled, I mean, they're just out of a paycheck. And mm -hmm. I'm always, uh, I'm, I am that nerd who looks at, oh, okay, is, I remember when um, Steve Nash was, people were saying, where is he going to go? Is he going to go to Toronto? Is he going to mm -hmm. go to California? Mm -hmm. I calculated, this is the nerd in me. I calculated what his two salaries would be in those tax brackets. California right. as high as it is, Toronto as high as Canada as high as it is. Just because I, not that they, not that that even factors into anybody's mm -hmm. consideration about where they're going to go. But they I should though. I, <laughs> <laughs> it definitely um, should. But well, Russell Westbrook just went to uh, Texas. And now he's got no state income tax. So right. that's a if you want to if you want to even factor it in. Mm -hmm. um, but I do uh, think that it's just such a tragedy that, man, these athletes are, pro athletes are just handed buckets of money, buckets mm -hmm. of money. If you were to say another passion of mine, this is it. And they're not given 
uh, it's not stressed to them the importance of how they could use that money because they could be set for life. And right. um, on one of your podcasts, you talked about how the NFL stands for not for long. Right. And I've talked to three um, other uh, football players that played for the NFL who um, one was cut and two just self-selected themselves out after they just started to see the writing on the wall and mm -hmm. decided to start diversifying their own portfolios and figuring out what other options they might have. I, um, man, I just feel like these athletes could be set, but nobody in that whole system mm -hmm. of from the head of the organization to, you know, coaches is mm -hmm. really put in charge of how do you, how do you help these guys or girls maximize mm -hmm. the money they've just been handed right. so that they don't, what if they get cut or if they can't play again mm -hmm. that it's it they're okay they're going to be okay they're not working at um you know where i just saw an athlete play like at office depot or something mm -hmm. you know and mm -hmm. you got to figure it out after you're done after you're cut and you know your shoes aren't gonna feed you and your car's not gonna feed you and your house oh right, by right. the way that two and a half million dollar house also costs $120,000 in taxes every year. Yeah. Oh, and you know, down the line, all these things are just liabilities. So right. I'm not saying don't, don't, don't enjoy your life. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying like live like a pauper, just, you know, right, in right, your right. ramen noodles and you mm -hmm. can't do that anyway, right. but there is a great strategy. And I, I definitely feel like, um, I would love to be in a space where I could just help athletes recognize man, you just, you were just handed the golden ticket. Like mm -hmm. not only are you having this money now, but you could have it for the rest of your life. And here's right, the thing, right. you're maximizing your body mm -hmm. right now, but you only have this much of a window. Why don't you mm -hmm. maximize this other thing that you're completely neglecting? Right, right, no, for sure, no, for sure. And, and one, thing is that, one thing that I did love about the Dolphins is uh, Caleb Thornhill and Eve Patoba, the, the, the guy uh, I talked to on my first podcast, is they do, um, I'm a, I'm a butcher it, you know, Eve, sorry. I love you. Caleb, I love you too. But they do like this business combine and it kind of, so, uh, uh, Mr. Ross, uh, the owner of the dolphins, he had one year, uh, he brought everyone, uh, he didn't bring everyone, but everyone flew out to New York and they saw, they went through his, uh, he brought business owners out there and all that. It was, it was good. Caleb and Thornhill, Caleb Thornhill and Eve Tober, they do they do a great job of trying to inform their players on what's next and what they can do after. Um, and but I think that's a key piece that athletes not uh, in, in college, but they should be doing that in college. They should be doing that yeah. in the, in high school. Uh, so what is something? Uh, what is something someone in college could do right now to I guess help that transition when they go to the NFL or if they don't go to the NFL, as far as learning about finances? Yeah, no, I think, I think one thing that I think in general people don't do, mm -hmm. athletes and non-athletes in general, the population, I don't think anyone makes a budget. I don't think people mm -hmm. think through what things cost. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like a good example is somebody might say, oh, let me buy this $700,000 house mm -hmm. and the monthly mortgage is going to be whatever, $3,500. Oh, well, that's fine. I can make that. And I just made that number up. I don't know what it would come out right, to. Right. I, I can make that because I make $6,000 a month. Mm -hmm. Well, you didn't, yeah, that's the mortgage. What about ad valorem taxes? What about property taxes? What about utilities? What about repairs? Mm -hmm. What about the fact you've got to eat? What about gas? Right. Like, I mean, just all the rest of your life, like mm -hmm. you're, I think that just at a fundamental level, 
uh, athletes, non-athletes should understand the concept of budgeting. And um, especially if you're a student athlete, you're in college, money's just being, you're just getting, you're just there on scholarship. You don't yeah. even need to worry about, you don't have to worry about um, much, honestly, mm -hmm. in terms of money. And then you've got this finish line that you think is in front of you where there's a jackpot. Maybe there is, mm -hmm. but if there is or if there isn't, start to figure out what do you, what are you getting right now that you could save mm -hmm. that you could live on if that if you're not the one to cross that finish line and get that mm -hmm. jackpot of money right and how what are you doing right now that can set you up in the future whether it be a degree whether it be networking mm -hmm. whether it be recognizing the value of the relationships that you have whether mm -hmm. it be i mean college athletes have an enormous opportunity now more than ever to brand themselves and to use mm -hmm. their platforms to make themselves um and invaluable uh name worth mm -hmm. uh, uh, make themselves valuable even when they're in mm -hmm. college you know uh in oklahoma we just had trey young who just went to atlanta and man mm -hmm. that besides his talent he had he has got a he had already started building his brand mm -hmm. and signed contracts before he even started playing which right, right you know, that possibility is there for college athletes even, and, and there's rules obviously that prevent mm -hmm. you from being able to take monetary right. value in exchange and all of that. But building your brand before you even graduate is an opportunity that the IRS isn't gonna be able to tax you on, mm -hmm. but you're building value in yourself and in your brand. And then you can translate that into whatever you want it to be, whether you go pro or not. Right, right. No, I definitely agree with that. Um, you know, there's, there's so many resources at uh, athletes' disposal that, um, sometimes it's being used and sometimes it isn't, but you know, I, I think that's, I was having a talk with, uh, uh, career services director, um, at one of the schools at one of the universities. And I was telling her this, you know, a lot of times people, uh, you know, say, oh man, athletes need to, you know, they need to take care of the resources. But what I realized is this piece right here, 99% of the world <laughs> won't do what it takes to accomplish their dream. You know, yeah. uh, um, and I hate to say that, but it takes um, it takes a level of mental mental toughness. It takes a level of commitment, and it takes a measure of um, willingness. Like, are you willing to do what it takes to get what you said you wanted? You know, uh, two years ago, three years ago. And so, um, for you, quick question. Uh, you know, uh, I love to end my podcast with this rug right here. What are three tangible action items that people can do right now? uh to better themselves um just in life and in their business yeah i am a huge believer in uh this is going to be me playing on my own words i believe in believing uh -huh. what you want and uh -huh. i mentioned that first because i you know to what we were just talking about about saying hey you know you're you're a college athlete and you want to go pro but also mm -hmm. think about this mm -hmm. um what is that how how can you on the one hand believe this one thing and also have a backup plan i mean doesn't mm -hmm. that just kind of cancel each other out right and i think uh i mean i say this from my own life i and maybe because of my life experience i think it's always uh I think you always need to use your intelligence. I think God gave us intelligence mm -hmm. to be able to use it, to be able to multiply it, to be able to um, benefit others and to mm -hmm. be able to benefit ourselves. You got to use your logic. You got to use your intelligence that you've been gifted with. 
but the greatest gift that we have that we need to use is number one, and this is what I practice, you've got to believe in a dream. You've got to right, believe right. in a dream. You've got to believe it's going to come true. Mm-hmm. And you don't ever cancel yourself out. Right, right. Planning for other, for other options, plan B, plan C, plan D, doesn't mean you cancel out believing plan A is going to come right, to right. fruition. Right. And um, I think that's number one. Right. I mean, and I say that, uh, you know, I kind of look at my own life and I told you about, you know, my dad passing away. I, I, at that age, I wasn't, I didn't have this, you know, you believe it and it's going to come mm. true. Right. Um, but I can say that would never have been plan A, B, C, D, E down the list. That would never mm. have been part of the plan. And right. I completely accept sometimes your plan is not the plan right, right. and that's got to be okay too. Mm-hmm. And that would probably be my second point is mm-hmm. you do besides just having that plan and mm-hmm. working towards it and believing it and seeing it and dreaming it and mm-hmm. speaking it into existence and all of those things over yourself all the time. I mean, you got to be your number one cheerleader and champion, right. not in an arrogant way, not in a way that you think you're better than everyone else, but you got to believe in yourself. Right. Number one. Yeah. Number two, I think you right in line with that. I think you have to know you are not the smartest person. You are not the greatest at anything. Mm-hmm. Somebody will always come along and be better. Even right. if you are the best right now and you got the award for it, mm-hmm. someone's going to come, someone's going to see your award and want it and get it. Right. And you have to have grace for yourself mm-hmm. that you may not, everything may not always be exactly what you wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the plan. Mm-hmm. And you've got to learn to continue to find the fight in yourself when your plan is not the plan. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that would be my number two right, would be, right. you got to have that faith. You got to mm-hmm. have that faith. There's still plan. There's still purpose. Mm-hmm. And you don't know it all. <laughs> right, right. No, for sure. And number three, my mm-hmm. third, and it's not even third, but I would say life is not about you. It's just mm-hmm. not. And I know that sounds like it doesn't reconcile with the other two things I just said, mm-hmm. but I think you've got to live your life. I think, I think it's natural to think about yourself and, and maximize myself and do mm-hmm. this and you know, every day, what am I going to do today? I think that the thing that needs to drive you the most mm-hmm. is other people. Mm-hmm. What can I how can I bless other people? How can my life be a benefit to other people? How can I use my resources to benefit other people? What Mm -hmm. strengths do I have that other people need? What money do I have that I could give other people right Mm -hmm. now? I'm looking at, you know, what organizations who's in most need right now, who's literally not putting food on the table Mm -hmm. and what organizations are making sure those people are cost effectively better than going to the grocery store are getting them what they need right now. Mm. No, I, I definitely, those three points are big. Uh, believe, you know, even though uh, I know you tried to like downplay it in the beginning by saying it's cliche, but it's not really cliche because if you, if your belief system is off, you know, you won't accomplish anything. And I've seen talented football players whose belief system was so bad, you know, that the average football player who confidence was through the roof, you know, they did way more on the football field. And it's the same thing in life. If your belief system, if you have limiting beliefs about what you want to do, you're not going to accomplish it. It's, this won't happen. Um, and then the next thing is uh, having faith, having grace for yourself, because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm terrible at that. If I don't get the results that I, that I wanted, <laughs> you know, I get down, I'm like, I'm not good enough, all that. Type of, then I have to remind myself, okay, 
maybe that was just a learning. You know, you do two things in life. You either win or you learn. Maybe that was just a learning uh, a phase for me and to get to the next step or to redirect me into another plan. And so I love that right there. And then the, the last thing is uh, um, uh, um, serve others, you know, yeah. uh, because uh, Eve Batoba, he came on here and he, he said this right here, your greatness is level is measured by how many people you serve. Uh, yeah. and, and I think um, when you know your life is bigger than you, that actually gives you another level of mental fortitude as well, because it's easy to quit on yourself. But if I know I'm quitting on my daughter, oh my goodness, I, that gives me another level of, okay, I got to push through this even harder compared to if it was just about me. And so yeah. I think that, that's so big, and especially everything you've been saying throughout this entire podcast is serve, 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 serve. I just want to serve uh, uh, business owners. I just want to serve um, in, my, in my business. I just want to let my employees know I am uh, serving them as well. And so I think that's a key piece uh, from when you were young to now that you've been living by is just a, having a servant mentality. Um, so, yeah, I would say I, I think that I, I don't know how people would go through life thinking life is just about them. Honestly, it's like, I can't even put myself in those shoes because that just seems not worth it. <laughs> right. Honestly, I mean, why I, as an entrepreneur, I want, I want to think about big things and big ideas and mm. big vision and big vision is not, what can I do with my life? Cause I'm, right. cause that's a, a small fraction in the grand scheme of life. Even, right, right. I mean, what can I do for other people is, is going to be a legacy. And mm. it, that's not even about me. It's about the legacy of other people's lives and the bigger vision and the world. And what's the impact you can make? I, I like thinking big and right. thinking about yourself and life being about you just seems so not just shallow, but so small. Right. Right. No, that's so true. Um, man, see, there's so many other like topics we can go down right now, <laughs> but I know you got, uh, you know, things to do and I really appreciate you taking the time to bless this podcast, you know, with your presence. Uh, you know, this is my first time having a celebrity, uh, oh my gosh <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you so much for having me on this was actually so much fun and i'll tell you i'll tell you something you'll never get to experience but to my second point about just having grace and you know sometimes your plan is not the plan mm -hmm. one thing that a lot of women get the benefit of and i and i don't know if women are going to say it's the benefit but i've i have three kids i had four pregnancies mm -hmm. one was a miscarriage but the whole thing i can tell you no part of me wanted to get fat wanted my feet to swell up, wanted mm. my back to hurt, wanted this enormous stomach in front of me. Like n none of that stuff was right. part of the plan, but I knew it was part of the journey that had to happen. And mm. it definitely wasn't about me. And the one time, the one that was the miscarriage, I mean, that was definitely not the plan. It was the suffering without the joy. And right. uh, those four journeys just, reaffirmed man this is not at all what i want mm -hmm. but this pain is going is part of the journey to something that i is going to be the greatest treasure of all right right wow um i have never thought about pregnancy in that way um <laughs> that is actually uh <laughs> yeah that is actually like pretty cool to think about you know and, and wow uh, women 
you guys are, I'm telling you, I have like so much respect for women though, just from the standpoint of like that right there. Um, I can't even imagine going through, is it, it's nine months, yeah, nine months of uh, getting big and feet swelling and. Um, you have no control. I mean, you, yeah, I, mean I guess that. you could control it a little bit, but. Uh, I mean, I don't know. How much control do you have? Yeah, not much, <laughs> not much. Yeah, and so, um, no, I, I appreciate you saying that because even, a, you know, even when you're birthing a dream, you know, yeah. there is pain uh, within the journey, but when you birth it, uh, you know, that brings you so much joy uh, from the, from the, the journey that you experience, from the, um, the late night staying up to the doubting, to the disbelief from other people, all that type of stuff. So I, I appreciate you uh, saying that right there. And Rachel, yeah. uh, where can, um, before we end this real quick, where can people, uh, find you as well as how can people, um, get, uh, you know, services done from your posting yeah we're uh they can text our office at or call at 844-841-9857 and my email address is rachel.pappy at holstontax.com so either one of those if they need help uh, we're more than happy we're helping business owners and self-employed individuals all across the nation right now we are so excited to be in the thick of this right now, helping people who need it the most. And uh, we just want to encourage people, stay okay. home, stay hopeful. Okay. And then on LinkedIn, everyone, man, she drops gems on LinkedIn. Y'all need to go, like, if you, go, if you can connect with her. I mean, it's a little different than Instagram and Twitter. It's not like you just follow someone. I guess you can follow her on LinkedIn. But go follow, <laughs> uh, go follow her on LinkedIn. And yeah. Go, she gives a lot of great information right there. That's how I was able to find out about the EIDL, EIDL, yep. Got it. Boom, and then the PPPL uh, from that right there. Because me personally, I, which I should start watching more of, I should start watching more of the news, but I don't watch too much of it because it's a lot of uh, um, garbage that is out there. Yeah. Um, so I try to stay away from that and protect my mind. But, yeah. uh, so I appreciate that. And, um, Rachel, I hope you have a blessed day and uh, kill the interview you're about to do next. And I appreciate <laughs> you coming on. Thank you. I really enjoyed this and uh, hope to continue watching your podcast in the weeks to come. All right. Awesome. Everyone, uh, be great. Everyone, be game time excellent. You know, focus on your mission, focus on your mindset, and continue to master the skills you need to master, as well as take care of yourself. You know, uh, the maintenance of your life is so important because other people are depending on you to uh, complete the marathon, not just the sprint. So y'all have a blessed day.